Welcome to Almost Focused. My name's Nathaniel. I'm Matt. And uh, this is a podcast about video games. Yes. And this week we're discussing a topic. Yes, it's a topic cast. That brings up an interesting point. We're tweaking the format today. Yes, this is the continuation of our tweaked format. We are uh, continuing to tweak formats, I guess you would say. Yes. Is is that right? I, I believe so. Continuing? We're continuing to. Whoa, yes. Okay. Um, earlier, we were twerking formats with our butt cast. Oh, yes. Uh, the twerk. It's such, such, such effort is required to twerk properly. I, it really hurts my back. Mm. <laughs> my hips, mostly. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, today's topic is pre-orders. Yes. And we've had some... Talking, f- talk about bending over. Oh, man. And really just taking it from corporate interests. Oh. oh, and today's podcast is sponsored by GBD, Golden Brown Delicious. John, go get a lunchbox. <laughs> uh, and and uh, specifically, I think we're going we're gonna to talk about how much we hate pre-orders. Am I... Um, you know, sure, we can talk about... I mean, there's the normal points that, that we'll hit we're talking about pre-orders. So Steam Greenlight, um, uh, that Assassin's Creed Unity... <laughs> The debacle that is the last seven Assassin's Creed games. I, I mean, like, <laughs> Diablo's going to come up. Oh, yeah, Diablo, um, Diablo. And, and just, why, why, why the hell are we pre-ordering things? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And, and so, I mean, like, I guess taking it back, physical console games, pre-ordering made a lot of sense. Hold it's on, a- hold on. To, to those... Uh, uninitiated non-gamers in our listenership of which i constantly receive uh indications that there are many what is a pre-order oh a pre-order is when a game is about to come out and you pay for it before it comes out or you pay some portion of it usually all of it but some you can reserve yeah to guarantee that you'll get a copy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for uh i think the practice came about in console games Uh. when when uh, supply was limited and you wanted to make sure you were going to play that, you would pre-order it. Yeah, that you would have it at release day. You'd put a deposit, a $10 or $15 deposit down or whatever, and then right. you'd pay the rest of it at the store and when the physical copy arrives. And stores, I think, really jumped on the pre-order thing because it's a way to get money for a game that may or may not come out. There's or some... may or may not be any good. Yeah, there's, right? some, I mean, that's there's the... some Duke Nukem Forever pre-orders that never got. Oh, man. Duke Nukem Forever <laughs> That's so so there there are some good and some bad things about pre-orders, right? So so you dove right into the bad things about <laughs> pre-orders, which is that a game that you have spent a you know not insubstantial amount of money on 
sight unseen, product untested, may end up sucking horribly. Yes. Uh, and this has happened time and again. Duke Nukem is one of, I think, the most famous. Well, but... it's famous because people pre-ordered it 10 years before it came out. Yeah, people just had, they had money riding on it forever. Uh, I would say, I don't know if there was a big pre-order fiasco around it, but I would say Diakatana probably was yeah. a quintessential example of, you know, pre-orders uh, wrecking things. Which is interesting. I think there's almost immediately a a parallel we can draw between pre-orders and the hype train. Yeah, but I think there are times when the hype train is justified. Sure. And I'm sure we're both going to talk about how we pre-ordered games this week. We did, and we both did, in fact, do so. And and our hype train was totally justified. Yeah, well, you know, this is the thing about pre-orders, right, is they are a a interesting tool. They have some good and some bad. The bad is that it can blow up in your face. Yeah. And I think probably does more often than it doesn't, to be honest. Right. Um, And it can be abused by people who want your money pretty easily yeah and and personally i don't see the point in pre-orders anymore especially since everything's digital yeah you know especially for pc games Mm pre-ordering a pc game is just like i I guess you you download it a couple hours before it's unlocked the Um, the one so so the one case i can say that that uh that argument doesn't hold up and i agree for the most part is that um some pre-orders have the price lower before release day. So if you pre-order it, it'll be forty nine ninety nine. If you uh, buy it on release day, it'll be fifty nine ninety nine. Well, that's, that's a good deal. You know, and it's an incentive. And I think I've never seen that. I've what seen it mean? a couple of times. It's usually on green lights or kickstarters, and it's almost always indies. Okay. It's I, I don't think I've ever seen a triple A title sure. come out with that pricing structure. But at least in the indie scene, I actually think in that case it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a hey. If you're interested in the game, you think you're going to buy it, we could really use the money in the door right now. Right. We'll give you a, a discount off the final price. I think a lot of stuff that goes through Kickstarter comes off of this, right? You sure. Know, it'll be 25 bucks on the Kickstarter, but 30 on Steam. Right, That right. kind of thing. Um, so it, it, there are some ways that I think it can be set up that benefits both the consumer and the developer, right? Yeah. Um, I think the, the times that it definitely clearly does not benefit the consumer, though are when there's, um, uh, what are they, review embargoes? Well, so let's talk about what pre-ordering is supposed to incentivize from a good view and Mm -hmm. what it ends up incentivizing, and then I think that'll tie in with this whole review embargo construct, right? Right. So, like, what's a pre-order for when it's done well? It's for making sure you have, you are able to get to the, the game when it comes out and not have to wait for, I mean, historically it's so you don't have to wait for further shipments to come in. Like yeah. you, you guarantee that in the hundred copies of the game they get, mm-hmm. you're one of those copies. So, so in the digital realm, I think there's also something we need to mention, which is that pre-orders you you say historically, right? Right. So historically pre-orders were about maintaining a physical, physical good and your access to it. Um, in the modern realm, pre-orders cover a lot of things. So there's the traditional, you know, go pick it up at the box retailer, uh, GameStop, yeah. something like that, you know, where you, you show up at the door uh, at midnight on the release day. Right. You and stand in line with a bunch of other neckbeards. And then you don't sleep the whole night because you're playing. Because you're up till 8 a.m. playing Fallout 3, cough, cough, that was me. So, um, 
there's that, you know, traditional approach still. And then there's also like the Kickstarter that we've mentioned. There's Patreons, which I guess aren't really a pre-order, but is sort of an interesting pricing model that relates a little bit. Uh, what's but, Patreon? Is that where you pay people? You basically kind of like tips. You yeah, you tip them for content. They're like busking game devs. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's exactly basically right. And I don't know how much game dev gets done over Patreon, but I think there's at least some where it's sort of like you are releasing demos or alpha builds or video, and yeah. people kind of Patreon you. Then there's like the Dwarf Fortress model, which is basically the <laughs> Patreon model, but where that game is never completed, right? But it's sure. been in alpha or beta or whatever forever. Well, the, then there's also... Um, there's Steam Greenlight. Pre-order bonuses. Pre-order bonuses. So, so in a lot of games now, there's like, if you pre-order it at this store, you'll get a hat. Or you'll get a special gun that you wouldn't get otherwise. Or So so one of the things that that goes back to is these incentives. And these different mechanisms for pre-orders are all meant to incentivize different things, right? Yeah. So like Kickstarter, for example. Pillars of Eternity, um, one of the games that... I think we'll talk about for sure when it comes to what have we bought through pre-orders, because I did. Yeah. Um, that game came from Kickstarter and was actually funded through what was, a, in essence, a pre-order process, right? You're, you are throwing a crap load of your money on the table, and Kickstarter's a little bit different because it's basically a gamble, right? The game could never come out still. Well, I, I mean, I, I think you can think of Kickstarter as a gamble. I think the the... Another way to think of it as, is as an investment, which is just a nicer word way of saying gamble. Well, I don't think of it in an, as an investment. I think it's you saying, this is a piece of entertainment I want to pay to get made. Right? Yeah. You're not investing in it because you're not going to see um, uh, monetary gain. It's not going to pay you dividends in, in a monetary well, way. Well, you're not going to see monetary gain, but you're going to see gain in that you'll get a game. Yeah, but when you talk about investment, right, you invest in a piece of art for its value appreciation. Not You're not investigating and investing in the game from a, a monetary, monetary perspective. You, sure. are, you are paying to get a piece of content made that sure, wouldn't sure. be made otherwise. And I think that's important because in an investment, you expect returns, right? You expect your money to grow. You don't expect that from a Kickstarter. You don't even actually necessarily expect the thing to be any good you're just saying these people with it's more of a patronage this model. idea i want to give them my money to make that thing yeah it's it's your it's like being a patron like here yeah here is money for you to make art now that's kickstarter at its best there's been some kickstarter debacles you know where that didn't work very well no. <laughs> um well, even i mean even games like um uh what are the the double fine Right? Yeah. They had a Kickstarter game, and it wasn't it it wasn't very good, mm -hmm. and it was just part of that was, you know, games. Sometimes you need to lengthen the the development cycle, and if yeah. you have flat cash up front, and you can't really dip back into that. Well, and that's one of the problems, right? Is Kickstarter you you give these guys a lot of money? There's not really much, you know. They have to put a good faith effort in, but yeah. what does that really mean? You know. Does it really mean that they're actually putting everything they would if they were funded in some other more traditional pathway? Maybe not. Uh, could mean more. Could mean they're working. You know, they like the devs are all donating their time because it's passion and that money pays the marketing budget. Yeah, I mean, you don't know, right? Well, and and this is a, a friend of mine had a Kickstarter campaign. It wasn't a very big one. It was only about ten thousand dollars. Which, if if you think about it, like he's developing full time off of off of that kickstarter money that is not yeah i mean that that you can't live off of that and 
you know, what do you use that money for? You pay artists, you pay, mm-hmm. like, that's most of what that goes to is. Yeah. And, is... and that's why Kickstarter of the modern digital pre-orders for me is the least problematic. I think at its core, Kickstarter makes the most sense from a pre-order, quote-unquote, perspective, right? Because yeah. you're what you're really doing is you're saying, I, I, you know, I, I want this to be good, but whether or not it is, I understand that what I'm paying for is this person to create a thing, yeah. not for a finished thing. Right. And, uh, you know, when you get into some of these other pre-order mechanisms, that's not really what you're doing anymore. Correct. So yeah. Greenlight, um, I think Greenlight at its best can be like that, but so at its Steam Greenlight, I I don't actually ever use Steam Greenlight because it gives me the the creep. It's like walking into a flea market and buying yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I mean, is that a good example? It's just like Greenlight has some gold in there, but Greenlight is, you know, there's a guy uh, on YouTube, Jim Sterling, who does squirty plays where he just picks Greenlight games and goes in and plays them. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff on there that's selling for sixty bucks. That's like one teeny tiny unity default with like default textures on it and some dude running around kicking green blocks and bugging out and falling off the world all the time selling for 60 bucks right and it's you know it's a green light title and when he says something about it the devs get all flamey and go nuts and it becomes you know and it's like that's there's a problem there. Right. Right. Like that's not a person with a shown record or anything. That's somebody trying to scam you out of money. Yeah. Even if they don't know it, that's what they're doing. Right. You know, and that, you know, there's some, some games where they're in, in between that extreme and a, a, a title worthy of the cost. And then there's games that are actually like legitimately great. Like uh, uh starbound, you know, is a game that I think ended up in green light Sure. And is still there and is in beta still. That's by the Terraria guys. Uh, I think the lead programmer broke off and did Starbound. Okay. I, I, you know, it's been a while since I've been in that community, but um, totally a good game. Really cool. Really, really interesting. Definitely worth the price. Yeah. And I think a success story for that model. But well, I've, I've kickstarted a couple of games that I um, back when I was really into kind of tactics card card games. Um, that I still get updates for, and I'm yeah. still very interesting uh, interested in. Um, Duelist is one of them. I forget the name. Chaos Reborn is the other one. It's by the mm. lead developer of XCOM of the original XCOM. Yeah. Um, and I mean they're all they're all pretty interesting. And I think Duelist just re- went into alpha that I I've played a couple of times, mm-hmm. and that's it's it's really satisfying when a game that you've invested in is starting like comes out and is actually like good good yeah it's more exciting than if it's something that you like you know for example bloodborne i found out about two weeks before it came out and was like what yeah how is this a thing (laughs) but it's still not as cool as like oh this game that i helped you know get off the ground yeah i was part of the sort of foundational team that that caused this to exist and that's the thing right is kickstarter really is about you want to see something come into existence that doesn't these, you know, steam, I think really is, it's a marketplace as opposed to a fundraising place. And because of that has this problem with seeming very exploitive. Right. Um, and then there was a third mechanism that we were talking about. Uh, I guess just regular pre-orders. Well, there's the hard box copy stuff, but, um, there was something else that I wanted to mention. Regardless, we we end up in this point where it's like 
you have given your money to someone for something, right? Yeah. And what is that? Well, maybe it's a psychological thing too, where something you're hype trains, right? Like there's yeah. this thing you're really excited about and you just want to get to it as soon as possible mm-hmm. and, and paying some money for it, get you to it sooner. Yeah. It, it maybe not even in a real sense, but in a sense of like, okay, um, <laughs> in, in just, just closer in terms of now I don't have to pay as much for yeah. it or, um, the, I think I talked about with digital downloads. A lot of times, if you pre-order a game, you can um, you can uh, what am I thinking? You can pre-download it. Yeah, and then it just sits on your computer until launch well, day. I think something that early earlier in what you were saying there, you sort of touched on was we've we've talked about indies up until now, but I think one of the big issues with pre-ordering is when triple A's use it. Yeah, um, and one of the big ties. So Steam Greenlight kickstarter all of these things they usually give you beta access you're usually seeing um you know playable versions prior to release stuff like it's that It's usually really small teams and you know even the worst steam Greenlight games there's reviews of online right yeah squirty plays does these videos of these horrible games so that when i'm like should i spend money on this i can tell right so but one of the big issues is the triple a's don't have to do that right yeah and so you end up with situations like you mentioned the Assassin's Creed Unity. Where the game just doesn't. Or or Halo. There's a Halo game recently. That well, that just... have review embargoes, right? So that yeah. you, you, you're pre-ordering a product that not only doesn't exist in the case of a Kickstarter, but that's offset because you're trying to be, you want to fund its creation. You're actually paying for a product that does exist but that they are not telling you information about. Well, well, on top of that, on top of review embargoes, even if there's not review embargoes, so in the case of the Halo game I mentioned, mm-hmm. the the multiplayer was completely broken. Yeah. And and it's something that, you know, the, that they'll say to the reviewers, oh, the multiplayer has some bugs we're working on, whatever. Yeah. And then they just release it with broken multiplayer, and it's like, well, I I bought a Halo game with no multiplayer. Why did I buy this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, apparently, I don't know if this is true. Did they fix that? I, I think they fixed it after some point. Yeah. But if you're pre-ordering a game, a game especially like Halo. Like, yeah, that's I, I about the multiplayer. I pre-ordered Halo 2. Yeah. I waited in line for Halo 2 to come out. First thing I did was play that shit online. Mm-hmm. I was like... Yeah, like level ten. <laughs> I was like level ten before I went to bed at three in the morning. Yeah, so it brings up this interesting thing that is the the bad side of pre-orders is that you know so they've got a lot of power. They can empower the consumer to get products to the market that they want that wouldn't be made otherwise. Yeah. Right? They can the consumer can go to you know Kickstarter and say I want this product. The big publishers won't fund it, but we as a community will right that's fantastic the the negative side of that are it can be used to you know basically as a funding source for projects that will never come into existence so basically a black hole of money right um or it can be used to get a lot of sales on a product that you know is going to be horrible and so you're trying to basically milk the you know the consumer for as much money as you can before word gets out right and that's sort of a unity thing right i mean i don't know if they actually did that intentionally but it sure looks like it yeah you know that's interesting too um and it's a, a thing of getting users to pay for stuff 
that they're not aware of. Yeah. Which I think we we briefly talked not on on the cast, but we talked about um, uh, DLC and season passes. Yeah. Well, Which, Seasons Pass is essentially a it's pre-order. It's a pre-order. Where, where, um, so Destiny is a great example yeah. of this, where Destiny comes out, you, you pay 60 bucks for Destiny, you load it up, and it's like, hey, buy Season Pass for 60 bucks to get all the expansions, right? And it's like, well, I don't know how many expansions are there. What's in the expansions, right? Like, there's no info on that stuff. Sorry, a cat just sat on the soundboard, and I got a little paranoid. Oh, yes. They, uh, they like it because it's warm. It's is, are they, uh, are I'm just they messing gonna, with their levels? I'm just going to leave it be in hopes that nothing bad happens, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what, what goes on. <laughs> I thought it was because she jumped on your phone. No, no. The phone thing happened, too, but, uh, you know, the cats, they're deadly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so so back to the this idea that, you know, there, there are these negative consequences of pre-orders, and I think one of the sort of insidious effects of the pre-order culture as it's starting to sort of i think coalesce into Mm -hmm. is that it incentivizes more pre-orders right so whenever a big successful kickstarter campaign happens grab that kitty yeah getting the cat oh Uh, well she'll deal whenever a big (laughs) uh successful kickstarter happens or um you know some game goes quadruple platinum before it's even on the market all it does is make the companies think pre-order, 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 right? Yeah. Because from their perspective, it's great. It's money. Well, it's not just the – I don't think it's just the publishers, though. It's also the real t- retailers, right? The oh, retailers sure. want to use pre-orders as a way to get people to buy it from their Well, their and here's, store. A, here's an interesting thing retailers, I think, have really been a cause for is fragmented sales uh, content. So, like – each location will have different pre-order bonuses. Yeah. So Amazon will have a pre-order bonus of some hat or something. Yeah. I I guess that's like I pre-ordered Dark or Bloodborne, and I guess I have some kind of special hat. Yeah. I need to get down on and that. And if you had pre-ordered it through some other store, you might have gotten some different content. I don't personally have this experience because I pre-order very rarely, and when I do, I just buy it in whatever's the easiest way to get it on my system. Yeah. But um, apparently. I, th- I know Total Biscuit did a thing on this where there was one case where you needed to buy like 11 copies of the game to get all of the different content that was out. Right. And the, I think that was the thing is like it's cool if what you're giving is cosmetic differences. Even still, you know, realistically, I mean, OK. I, I think you, I think users at this point are pretty used to cosmetic things as, as kind of a status symbol. Right. But just because you're used to it doesn't mean it's a good thing for you as a consumer. Well, right. Yeah, you know, okay. so, yes, consumers are used to being fragmented in their purchasing choices. Right. In, in not having a single product represented evenly. Right. But that doesn't mean it's good. Right. I what, what if I want what if I'm so invested in your property that I want that hat? Right. right. I as a gamer now have to spend a lot of extra money or buy it as some other, you know, cash store or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think you're making a good case for for publishers to stop doing pre-orders though. No, no. But this is what I'm saying. It this is what as a publisher I think that's great. As a consumer the pre-order culture incentivizes exactly this problem. Sure. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at as another sort of more insidious negative. Yeah. Is the more successful pre-orders are, the more they're going to do them. The more they do them, the more they're going to come up with shit like that. Yeah. Well, and so with pre-orders, I mean, we're talking the advantage of pre-orders 
is that you get to play the game the second it comes out. Right? Sure, yeah. And then, but what we've what we've seen is that that's not even a guarantee. You know, Diablo three being the big example of that. Yeah, where the servers were all a wreck. Yeah, where the servers were just getting thrashed by the people trying to log in to play, and and with with games more and more being online only to play, mm-hmm. then this situation, you know, the situation of pre-orders becomes even more of a gambit because, you know, even if the game reviews well, like Diablo three did okay, yeah, and even if like there's been a lot of transparency about what's going to be in the game, what's going to well, be like, and a lot of hype. I mean, I was hyped. At, you know, every time a Diablo game comes out, I get super yeah. hyped. I've played it forever. I, I love Diablo. Yeah, I mean. Blizzard makes that shit look good. They, you know, they make good games. They make good games. I mean, <laughs> they it's just a proven, do. It's a proven publisher, it's too, a, right? It's an like, organization that has shown time and again that they put out stuff that's worth your money. And, and so given all of that stuff, you still got burned yeah. pre-ordering Diablo yeah. 3. And that goes into one of the big things we talked about is, you know, when is it okay to pre-order, right? And I think we've made a case for when it's okay to kickstart. It's when you want to see that thing made, yeah. right? But when else is it okay to pre-order, I like the pre-order the, the the discount for a pre-order. I think that's a great incentive. Like, yeah, when the, when the company makes the pre-order incentive more than just like, hey, and got this fancy hat. Like, because what the, what you know? Personally, I know I made the example of like, oh, what if I'm so invested I want the hat? I don't give a shit about your hat. You know, like unless it's TF two. Uh, unless it's like I don't even know. Unless it's an Abe Lincoln top hat and comes with a George Patton cigar. George Patton. I don't even know why I said George. George Patton. George Patton. <laughs> I tried to, tried to picture it. That would be like... He's, George. He, he's Patton's brother. Yeah. <laughs> What's Patton's first name? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I it's George. Oswald? But Oswald Pattonpot. Someday we'll have enough listeners that someone will derisively Somebody will be so correct angry. us on the comments. Uh, I like, can't wait for the day I get a comment being like, you're retarded. Yeah. Just like angry tweets like... Mario was not <laughs> did not have a BMI of thirty five. Oh man, those BMIs. Um, I'm, uh, I have no idea what I was saying. I, I got so off on this George Patton tangent. You you don't like cosmetics? It's- oh yeah. Well, so we're we're what we're we're talking about is when is it okay to pre order discounts? Discounts. I think that's a legitimate. You know, it'll be sixty bucks normal full price AAA price and. But if you buy it ahead of time, there's a, a discount. I think that makes sense. I like I like pre-orders for pre-downloads. I think pre-downloads are great. Uh, you know, I mean, if you know you're going to buy it anyway, right? So I think if you know you're going to buy that game when it comes out, no matter what the review score on that it gets is, yeah, go ahead and pre-order. Like, I don't think it's what you should do, but I'm guilty of it too. I'm not going to be like never do it, but yeah. I think you should be pretty selective with that. I don't think there are very many games well, that. Well, I was going to say, it's for story time, you and I both were shit-talking pre-orders, and then, like, the next week, both pre-ordered a game. Well, yeah, and this is what I was about to say. I think you have to be very selective with what meets the criteria of, we'll buy it no matter what, right? And for me, it's, you know, I bought Pillars of Eternity, I pre-ordered it three days early, and it was because I started looking up for reviews, and there weren't any reviews, but there were first impressions coming out at that point and everybody was just like so we're only 10 hours in and we don't know for sure we're obviously not far enough to give a review but this is the best rpg we have ever played it's amazing we are so excited right and it's like when that's what the buzz that you're seeing about a title that i was super hyped about anyway like i was hype training hard at that point 
the reviews could have come in in the 70s even yeah i was gonna pick this game up you know and for me bloodborne it was like oh it's from software yeah yeah i'm gonna get that yeah oh is it it's it's a dark souls game but not really a dark souls game yeah i I don't i don't need any other cell just like send it to me now and and that's the other part right is when you trust the person putting it out now the the trick there is like you said Diablo 3 people got burned yeah you I know mean, and it's not like i lost trust in, in the halo collection people in, got burned well yeah but they changed developers and so it doesn't mean i mean sure they changed developers but that doesn't change the fact that it's a property you trust rare games on the xbox rare games on the xbox the the developing oh, company oh, oh, rare oh yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. Um, and I think one of the problems with that, when it's a cost, uh, a company you trust is that what it means to be able to make in a, a sort of clear observation on that topic, um, is changing pretty yeah. regularly. Right. So, so not only do you have to be able to be like, do I trust this company? You actually have to be able to look at some of the things that underlie that game and be like, do I trust them to deliver this? So right. in the case of it's this networking stuff, well, right? Yeah, th- there's that. But even like, even Bioware, right? Like they've they've become, I, I think, steadily more disreputable with, you know, like everyone loved Mass Effect. Mass Effect 2 was really great. And then the kind of like EA Bioware thing happened, yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot of people with different opinions from us on Bioware. I feel like they're, the quality of what has come out of there has been drifting down Yeah, um, pretty pretty steadily. I'd say the, the uh, um, production quality has gone up. I'd say the game quality has gone down. Well, it's, it's, an, interesting, it, it's an interesting kind of discussion we might want to have sometime about uh, cost of production versus like... like Things that are made for a huge, big audience versus yeah. things that are made by fans for fans. And that getting like to Kickstarter, you know, when you do a Kickstarter, you are funding fans to make games that they are fans of. Yeah. Right? And, and Pillars of Eternity, which you've been talking about, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, a homage to old RPGs on the Infinity Engine. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, the... It's like it's something that uh, I I not only trust the names of the people involved and the publisher, you know, Obsidian or the I guess they weren't. I'm not sure if they published self-published this. I think they did. But they also were the development house. Like I trusted everyone involved. I knew exactly what I was expecting to see. I looked for info on people who were playing it to see what they thought. Everybody was saying it was exactly what was promised. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I knew enough to, you know feel comfortable that i wasn't going to get burned right yeah. but but that threshold has to be very high um i think more and more it's getting harder to justify pre-orders for me well and you can just be so wrong so easily and for no reason like why wouldn't you trust blizzard of wow fame to properly handle networking issues on release like login day? issues yeah. yeah you know like Oh, I would totally trust Blizzard. They have the biggest RPG in the world. Like, they've had RPG launches with, you know, millions they, of users. Uh, they fuck... I mean, they run WoW. You know, they ought to be able to properly handle network load. Yeah. But apparently, they can't. Right. And 
how would you know how are you as a consumer supposed to be able to make that distinction you're not you right, know you, you right. can't possibly answer that question um and honestly even based off of reviews you couldn't have because reviewers wouldn't have had that experience there wouldn't have been that many people on um, yeah so i mean what's our what's our takeaway here with uh with with pre-orders oh man we need to come up with like an official like thumbs down sound effect that i can like hit a button and fucking radio noises will play in like well, a just, kazoo just pause briefly and then you can add it and thumbs down yeah i would i mean it's i mean it's like pre-order it's like sticking your dick in a random hole like you probably shouldn't do it there's sometimes it'll work out. <laughs> wow! But for the most, like that's you do a, a that's lot a of research, much more, much like much more enthusiastic endorsement of dick just sticking your penis in random holes than I would personally get. I'd be like, never do that. That it is, seems like such a bad idea. So it's like sometimes there's some good like. If that hall has a review embargo, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, so so don't have sex with pre-orders. I think that's <laughs> this, the takeaway. Yeah. You never know what diseases Those it CD might holes have. holes are probably too small. Or, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. That took a real turn. It got pretty raunchy pretty quick in here. Oh, man. Well, so stick it in your pre-order hole. Thumbs down. <laughs> Uh, zero out of ten, two out of ten with rice. We have been almost focused. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Matt. Have a good listening period. <laughs>